Pod Mod Bods. Welcome back to another episode of the Podular Modcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Recovery Effects and AI Synthesis. And rather than talk to you about them, I'm going to show you about them because that's the way words work, right? So the Oscilloscape is a brand new module from Recovery, and it's kind of like a drum slash bass synth. I'm going to be using it in a percussive mode today. Um, so here's a nice little kick out of it. I've intentionally left it a little bit thin so I could plug in this burst from the woggle bug into the fundamental which is usually like a one volt per octave if you have it in the bass synth mode but I have it in what I'm calling the percussive mode and when you use that it's kind of just makes uh, jittery cool rhythms so that's pretty fun now I have the Basimilis Eteritas from Noise Engineering um, with a cool little percussive pattern split into two different recovery modules, the cutting room floor and the bleeding hearts. So let's check out the cutting room floor first. You can mess with this delay time. That is CB controllable. I'm not doing it right now for this patch. And then there's a flutter and wow. Uh, knob. Well, flutter knob and a wow knob. They're separate. Um, but if you start messing with those in different configurations, you can get some really interesting kind of just mangly sounds. Um, let's go back to kind of more standard delay here and bring in the uh, bleeding hearts. So you can see it's a nice fuzz. And there are four potentiometers, a starve, destroy, bleed, and a pressure. And you can dial those into your heart's content. But I am going to show you what they can do with their CV ends rather than my hands because it's much more interesting. So let's put a LFO into the starve CV end. We'll take this cutting room floor out of it a little bit so you can hear what's happening. Now if I disengage the CV, back to our fuzzy regular signal, CV engaged, but let's put another CV signal into the destroy knob. So you can get a really, really cool, like alternative percussive thing happening. So it's a percussive pattern like this going in, and with CV you can turn it into this. Now, let's run this Bleeding Hearts into the OTA VCF from AI Synthesis. And I'm going to control this voltage controlled filter with the looping ADSR from AI Synthesis. So let's disengage the CV on the Bleeding Hearts because it'll make more sense. I'll turn that signal down and bring in the VCF. For a little extra fun, we'll put the uh, woggle from the woggle bug into the CV2 of the voltage controlled filter. This noisy patch was brought to you by Recovery Effects and AI Synthesis. Go check them out, recoveryeffects.com, aisynthesis.com. I hope you guys enjoy this episode.
Today's guest is Shiro Fujioka, a.k.a. Voltage Controller. Um, he does it all. Modular synth lessons via Skype, you got it. Um, makes plugins, makes videos, does healing sessions with his modular and Tibetan singing bowls. Like, but I, I'm not going to explain it anymore because we're going to get into that. Um, I do want to take a quick moment. We have a new Podular Modcast Cool Kid induction, Michael Manning. I officially dub you a Pod Mod Cool Kid. Thank you so much for helping us out. And if you would like to help us out, visit patreon.com forward slash Podular Modcast. I've got a lot of things that I would like to do, and that is, uh, that's going to help make it happen. You want a cassette release with all the um, patch challenges from the show? I want to do that. Coffee mugs. I don't know. T-shirts. Do you guys have ideas? I want to do something. Um, but yeah, with that, let's talk to Shiro, a.k.a. Voltage Controller. I promised myself I wouldn't murder this. Uh, Shiro Fujioka on the show, a.k.a. Voltage Controller. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> okay, you got it cool. right. You did not mangle the name. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, uh, dude, I took, I, took three, uh, I took three quarters of of Japanese in, in college. So like I, I can't, you know, it's like anytime I don't want to screw anything up, I, I do. And then I, I, I freak out about it. You know, and my, uh, my father-in-law did that. This, the, uh, he called me this guy here during a, uh, a, uh, Christmas oh dinner prayer because he didn't want to, he didn't want to forget his, his stepson's new girlfriend's name. <laughs> and he didn't want to forget it so bad that he forgot his future oh son-in-law's God. name. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. So I'm I'm looking over here at your your website um audibleobjects.com and I've said this about a couple other guests but I I don't think I have felt this this feeling as intensely as I don't know how we're going to cover everything that you do in in this uh in this conversation. <laughs> no that that's understandable. <laughs> <laughs> but um so because it's a, a modular podcast and one of the things that jumped out at me um, right off the bat that I'd like to talk to you about, uh, talk to you about first is the modular synth lessons that you do. Well, I, um, I've, I really got into, I guess my specialty would be like for the last nine years is really, um, using a small six U system for live performance. So I mostly teach from that perspective, just like, um, I kind of I kind of like to like work with students and not really have like a set curriculum. I like to kind of work around what they want. Mm-hmm. So what what I do is like kind of tailor make the classes based on on their needs and um, you know help them explore each module and you know just learn how to do engaging patches that you can kind of get a lot out of one patch. You know like performance patching versus you know just sound design patching. Yeah, well you know that that's kind of perfect because that's I think one of the more attractive things about modular for people getting into it is there is no real you know aside from the the basic synthesis you know patch um yeah. it's kind of this open-ended thing and it really does depend on what you want to get out of it so that's that's cool that that you take that approach because i imagine as a prospective student i would be more attractive to or more attracted to that kind of um curriculum setup yeah because i think that's what lacks um that's something that's lacking in a lot of education is is just like tailor making classes for for individual students you know it's impossible to do in a class situation but 
you know, with just an instructor and one student, it, it's kind of something that you can really explore. And it's, it's not only fun for the student, it's actually fun and engaging for me as well. Yeah, I imagine you, you learn a lot too, you know, having a, a student come to you and maybe posing um, a question that maybe puts you in a realm where you're kind of learning a new thing about your instrument that you already know really well. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, if, if that was it's funny because I was I was thinking about it. it's like man that would be cool because I I taught I taught some like discussion classes in uh, in um, graduate school and then I I've been listening to a lot of Darwin Gross's podcast uh, Art Music oh, and sweet. Technology Yeah, it's a great show yeah. um, and a lot of these people a lot of people come on and they're teachers and I'm like man. I've taught before, but I've never taught anything with music. And I'm like, maybe someday when I'm good enough at modular, I could teach how to do that. And I was wondering how I could possibly, you know, how, how would you set up a curriculum? So that's cool to hear that you're, that makes way more sense, your approach. Yeah, Im- improv music and, and improvisational teaching. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go hand in hand. Oh, man, that's awesome. So if, if uh, listener, if you're, if you're interested in uh, checking out some of his classes, you can check out... Uh, audibleobjects.com and um, yeah and just going over more stuff on that I know you do a lot of stuff with video um, and you're an excellent follow on on Instagram you post some really really <laughs> cool you. stuff um, so you work with with artists and, and and make like do you make you work on visual stuff for live performances music videos or kind of the whole thing actually all the above I would say mostly I do stuff for like music um, music for videos and um, live performance mostly okay. some stuff is like pre-designed and then sometimes you know I'll do like audio reactive stuff okay very cool yeah it seems like um, you know the whole the video thing is 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 kind of essential for the the live performance I think in in certain situations um, yeah and it seems like there's a lot of cool stuff happening and uh, I don't know. I, I would love to. I would love to perform to one of your videos sometime. I need to come down to LA. Absolutely, that'd be fun. I love doing that. Yeah. So, listener, if you want, if you want to go to <laughs> Patreon.com, so I can go to LA. <laughs> just, just kidding. Um, so, um, I wanted to because I know you're you're into making video and and something that I'm I'm really into aside from just music is is kind of the process of making and i i am a super nerd about you know like in the box mixing and and just i like to hear how different people approach uh the the stuff they do and i'm curious specifically for you um i guess is there much crossover or like is it the same part of your brain that is working when you're building a patch as it is for when you're um working on a video project or are they kind of separate or do you feel that same how how does just what does it feel like they're they're absolutely the same and and oddly enough like i've always kind of dibbled and dabbled with with visuals but after like really exploring the modular and and understanding signal flow and and just that approach to modular that that um it was really stimulating and then when i went back and started going in 3d programs i started approaching it the same way i'm like okay this is like a visual patch and I started seeing like the different functions in these visual programs like modules, you know, so it's like, you know, you'll have a module, you, you'll have a function in, in a 3D program that will be similar to like a chaos, gen- you know, a, a module that generates chaos. Mm-hmm. But you're but you're applying that to, you know, a physics engine that's, you know, making things fly around chaotically versus, you know, the sound. 
you know, so it's a, it's a very sim similar approach and I do use random randomness a lot in, in my visual stuff. Okay. That's cool. Um, yeah, you seem to, you seem to have quite a, um, a wide swath of, of different types of videos that I've seen you do. Um, I've seen some, like, I just watched this one earlier today where you, you're kind of doing, um, the frequencier. I know I'm all over the place. I kind of want to, yeah. I kind of no, want to just that's touch how on our brain works. Okay. It's all good. <laughs> well, I kind of want to touch on a little bit of all of this and then we can come back and I would love to get your, your story of how you just came to be where you're at. But, um, that f one, the name frequencier, that's, I love that play on words. <laughs> it's super cool, but it's like, sweet. so you're like working on, if I understand it right, uh, like a, um, a sci-fi mini series based off of sci-fi short stories that you've written throughout your life. Exactly that. I, I started, I was actually inspired by my uncle. My uncle was a sci-fi writer and, and he wrote a bunch of screenplays and I used to read his stuff and just like, it would just totally open up this new world. So it would, it would spark my imagination. So I would start writing down ideas and I found that one of my composition books when I was moving and I just kind of started reading them and like animating them and then also um, adding to them and, and, and kind of embellishing older stories and bringing them kind of more up to date, making them more um, visually engaging. Man, that's, and so you, you have the first video of that up right now and that that's it for now, right? It's, it's relatively new. It yeah, I've, I've been working on that particular project for about six months. Okay. And I would say it's about 65% done. Okay. It will be probably about 30 to 35 minutes. And um, it has some dialogue and stuff in it. And what I plan on doing is is actually scoring it live, you know, with the modular doing a live score. Oh, wow. That'll be awesome. It'll be super cool. Um, Okay, we're almost through the list. Let's talk about the the, the sound library, Los Angeles Sound Library, a little bit. Um, now, is that kind? It's is that a uh, a label that is designed for licensing opportunities, or it's it's kind of a, it's kind of a hybrid. Um, around two thousand and two, I launched an indie label. We mostly did um, CD releases. This was like kind of pre MP three. Okay, I think it was probably early two thousand, maybe two thousand and two, I believe. And um, it was just an outlet for, for myself and my friends. We had all got burned in, in a couple of really bad indie deals and indie distribution deals. So, you know, I was like, I, I wanted to do something about it. I was tired of being an artist, you know, that had been in multiple indie deals. And my friends were like, we were all like bitching and moaning about the same shit. So I'm like, uh -huh. I'm going to do something about it and start a small label. I, I used to work for a label, so I kind of understood the inner workings of it and um, just kind of made it a platform for my friends. And, you know, years later, I decided to relaunch it as, as a net label and, um, and a music library to, to, you know, to do some, you know, get some placements and do music licensing for video games and short films and stuff like that. Yeah. I see on your website and uh, as a Northwesterner, it makes me excited. You, you've done stuff with uh, Gore-Tex and Marmot. That's that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, that was that was a great project. It was it was about um, it was a documentary about a climb to I forget exactly what mountain it was, but it was in the the Himalayas. And, oh, um, very my cool. friend and I did. I would say we did probably sixty percent of the music for the for that um, project. My friend Decaf, and he's based in Canada. Wow, man, that's that's so cool. That's I've I've done some some short stuff, um, short film stuff, here and there, and uh, <coughs> I'm definitely trying to 
to angle my way into more of that stuff. So it's, it's cool to see. It seems like a lot of modular people are getting into that and it makes total sense. It's, it's, I was going to say it's perfect for that. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, actually the way I met you is through, uh, posting about an episode we did with, uh, Eric Cheslack and we talked with him and Brandon Dalo about their, uh, their soundtrack stuff and they, they knocked it out of the park. So Eric's a great friend. I was, I was one of the kind of like the first round of artists that, that, was going to modular on the spot. So that's so cool. I know Eric really well. And that's, you know, that's family. Yeah. It's so cool. They just the three years last Sunday. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. crazy. And then we had, we had our Seattle modular on the spot. Um, I don't say we, cause I, I don't run it, but I was, I was there. Um, and it was one of the best attended and there was just, just a really cool vibe. And it seems like it's picking up around here. A lot of dots are connecting and, it's just so That's cool to good. see that you guys started this thing down there and now it's just all over. It's all over the States yeah, now. People are popping <laughs> it's, up, it's, man. It's pretty weird to, to see how much it's grown because it was just like really just a fun thing. It wasn't like it was this, you know, hugely marketed thing. And, you know, <laughs> we have a think tank and <laughs> a PR firm behind it. It was like yeah. it's a bunch of friends that want to play music outside. Yeah. That's pretty much it. I, <laughs> like, I love that sentiment. Yeah, I just yeah. I just love And it's such an engaging thing. Like, So I think live in a maybe in more of like a club setting or a bar or something if you're doing a modular performance that's when the video stuff is absolutely necessary but there's i think there's something about playing outside in the daytime to people who are just walking by who have never seen a modular setup before yeah it's just got to be i kind of wish i could put myself in in that scenario not knowing and stumble across that because i imagine it's a pretty cool experience modulars are, are the one thing when you see like um adults and children all like kind of respond to it the same way they <laughs> all have this like look of wonder uh, like what is that thing yeah. how do you make you make music with that <laughs> <laughs> like i have a i have a little like old school suitcase that i i built uh so i could put a, a 6u 84 hp in and uh, i was like nice. yeah i would love to travel with this if we ever like fly down to austin or wherever and and then uh, my fiance astutely pointed out, she's like, you're going to bring that on a plane? You know they're going to think that's like a bomb. Oh, abs- abs- <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I swear it's a synthesizer. They're going to have some questions for you. Just, <laughs> just be prepared. <laughs> okay. Well, I think, I think we, we mostly rounded up a, a nice little um, intro of just kind of all the stuff that you do. And, and uh, if I missed anything... Um, we can get to that. Um, and if not, I would love to just kind of hear your story from like music into synthesis into modular. That's just such an interesting, I I feel like you're going to have a very interesting story about that. Yeah, that, that is, that's quite a, that's quite a journey. And and it's a, (laughs) it's one that I don't, I don't get to share often and it, and it it will kind of connect the dots on, on why, the music and, and different styles of music and d- different genres of music are constantly of like I'm kind of rotating. It's it's because of the taste in music and being introduced to music at a really early age. So mm-hmm. um, as a kid, my my grandmother she was a jazz singer, not not professionally, but she played she sang with a lot of like really great jazz musicians, and um, it was just you know that was her her friend circle from high school. So like you know all the people from like Roy Ayers to Eugene McDaniels and, and people like that. Okay. She grew up around, you know, so I, I had a, a heavy jazz background as a child. You know, that's, that's what was playing in the house <laughs> was, was jazz. So I was like really into that. So you'll, you'll find that in, in my music. 
Man, I had and shitty old, shitty 80s country, and you won't find that in my music, so you <laughs> lucked out. Like, I, my, my, listen, I, I know some 80s country, but like, it's probably just like poppy country, like, like um, Barbara Mandrell, um, Kenny Rogers, yeah, and yeah. George the Strait. Boys. Yeah, yeah. I, like, country, was, country was popping in the 80s, like before hip hop was on the radio, it was pop music and country. Yep. Like, <laughs> Kid yourself. <laughs> like, I don't care if you're from the suburbs or you're from the, the mean streets of Los Angeles. Like we were listening to country and pop music. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, sorry to derail you. Um, so no, you had no, jazz in the house at a young age, which, um, yeah, I imagine that definitely planted some some interesting musical seeds. Yeah, my, my whole family, they're all music lovers and, and artists and clothes designers and writers and painters. So. I had a lot of creativity in the house, so my grandmother, she, she introduces me to jazz, and then my mom, you know, <laughs> even though she was, you know, born and raised in the inner city, like, she was a hippie, so, like, for my mom, I'm, like, listening to The Doors and Jimi Hendrix and, you know, <laughs> just, just all that, you know, like, all the, the Woodstock era music. Yeah, like, so yeah. She, that's what she gave me, and then my uncle introduced me to, like, funk and soul and, you know, that kind of music, like Parliament Funkadelic and... Okay. And stuff like that. And then as I got older, when I when I finally got to, to find the music that, that spoke for me, that was my music that I discovered, that was, <clears throat> excuse me, um, actually the first music I really fell in love with, which my mom told me, I, I, don't, I was too young to remember, but she said when I was two, she got me a transistor radio, radio and the station I gra- gravitated to was heavy metal. So I was like, oh. you know, listening to like Ozzy and <laughs> all that kind of stuff and ACDC. And <laughs> I love the image of a two-year-old just like scrolling through, like turning the dial and landing on like, like some Ozzy and being like, yep, this is my, this is my shit right here. Yeah. So it was <laughs> really funny. So I always like love rock and guitars and stuff as a kid. Like everything was an air guitar and like everything was a drum. Like my mom said I would dinner pots and pans with spoons and stuff because I was always beating on stuff. <laughs> it was like, like animal from the Muppets. <laughs> so yeah, later as I, as I got older, um, of course, hip hop made an impact, you know, early hip hop, golden era, you know, Mm-hmm. Run DMC, of course, and you know all that stuff. Bismarcky, Big Daddy Kane, all through the '80s and '90s. You know, it's, you know, down from classic era to like Mob Deep and Wu Tang. Okay, know, Tribe Called Quest, De La Soul. Yeah, that kind of stuff. But I grew up in Los Angeles. I grew up in the the land of <laughs> of NWA. But like, I was really into New York hip hop. So. I was kind of considered a traitor, but, but you know, I, I, I like, I like, lo- I love the origin of stuff and hip hop came from New York. So I felt that I, I needed to put my attention there, but um, I later learned to, to love music from my hometown, but yeah. um, I'm, I'm still like an East coast hip hop head, you know, at heart. That's, that's just what I am. Yeah. It's funny, you know, like growing up, even though I lived in, in just no, in the middle of nowhere, my graduating class was 80, 80 kids. I, I was always like, I don't like East. I don't like anything East Coast. I'm only West Coast hip hop. And then, like, I, when I hit the age of reason, <laughs> became an adult. I found that I, 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 you know, I don't like to like say what what is better, but I generally prefer East Coast stuff as well. Quiet as kept, so do I. What's that? But under under, I said quiet as kept, so do I. But I think um, I like underground LA hip hop. It's a lot of like really good LA hip hop that just isn't heard, you know, outside of LA. Yeah. 
And it sounds, it's kind of closer to, to what they're doing on in New York, but just kind of from an L.A. perspective, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. But um, I was really into that. And um, <clears throat> from there, I, I kind of went back to, to the whole rock thing. And, um, but this time it was punk rock. So I was like really into anything from like Sonic Youth to Dead Kennedys, Bad Brains, of course. Yeah. You know, and, you know, just that, that whole era. You know, I, I was a skater as well. So it's like that kind of that energy w was, was a little more fitting for me, you know, definitely the, that punk energy. And then from there, um, I got into reggae music a lot and mostly dub, you know, cause it's like, I started, I started seeing that, <laughs> that these, these frequencies in, in Jamaican music was, was really intriguing to me. And, and it reminded me of hip hop and the more research I did, I was like, okay, it's kind of obvious that, Hip hop is actually a branch off of off of reggae music and, and specifically, you know, dub and, yeah. and dance hall. Dude, it's so funny that you say that because um, my fiance loves reggae and I, I've always I've always taken a strong stance. Like I do not like reggae and then <laughs> but it kinda became like a joke to where I was like, I don't dislike it as much as I say. And then recently yeah. I found out that I absolutely love dub. I just bought a uh, the science, uh, scientist record, the dub yeah, album. Absolutely. They didn't want you to hear, and yeah, I'm yeah. just wearing that thing out this year. <clears throat> yeah, I tell people all the time. It, it's so funny. Like we, you know, of course we love electronic music, and and dub is actually what brought me to electronic music. Okay, and and that dub makes is sense. It, <laughs> dub is electronic music. Absolutely, you know, like you can think of it as like being the the first remix. Yeah, you know, like yeah. They, yeah, they kind of invented it without knowing they invented it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? I and I love that. I love that that aspect of it too. Like the way it sounds was just you know it's what they had and and how they like interpreted stuff and I don't know like it's definitely producers' music. It is. It's like they're they're using the studio as an instrument, yeah. which you know you can kind of see the parallels between that and and modular synthesis. You know, it's it's very similar. For sure. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been like wondering what what uh reverb tank and uh spring unit do i need to get because i want to try to make a, a dub modular album i will tell you <laughs> it's the fisher it's the fisher space expander and it is a spring from an old b3 organ dude that, that's that's king tubby's combo oh shit awesome <laughs> fuck yeah i don't have to do any more research thank you <laughs> Oh, uh, shit. Sorry. I'm just getting like, super stoked on everything you're saying because I, I have a lot of, not in the same order, but kind of a, a very similar um, kind of uh, mor morphology and taste in the way it, that's changed over time. And I, I had a huge metal phase. I was in a metal band in, in high school, did the Cookie Monster so was, vocals and everything. <laughs> <laughs> and then punk rock got me. And, and I, you know, I, I got super into like, you know, Descendants and then like the, the fat yeah. record stuff and yeah, it's it's and then electronic bit me. So oh, and I got I have to mention Minor Threat. Like like for me, yeah. I, I think it's I think Minor Threat is really important. Like just like Public Enemy is to hip hop was important to like kind of show the other side of the tracks. Like kind of the plight of of Black America in the inner city. Uh -huh. Like Minor Threat was that for Black youth to like see what white kids were going through like outside of the inner city so i really love minor threat and i think more people should listen to them wow i've, I've never heard anybody uh talk about them like that and that's a, i think that's a really interesting way to frame what they did um, well yeah i mean ian mckay the just the, the song alone guilty of being white that's that's like to me it, it, it evokes the same emotions as a public enemy song would make to a, a white kick that's in the, the suburbs could still 
relate, you know, to the pain and the anguish and like the same way I could relate to Ian McKay's pain and anguish. And I really love that band, you know, because of that, because they, they brought me into a world that I, I <laughs> didn't, you know, I didn't have access to. Wow. That's, uh, that's, cause that's so cool, man. Um, did you get into Fugazi then too? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's like the natural progression. Yeah. It's funny. I, I, I kind of like totally missed Fugazi during my whole punk rock phase. And my fiance was like, you never listened to Fugazi? No, not really. So I bought her a uh, repeater for Christmas. I was going to say repeater. Yeah. Like classic. Dude. And it's like, it kind of like, <laughs> I don't know. It kind of reminded me of like why I liked punk rock so much. Cause I, I kind of go yeah. through waves and I still listen to some of that stuff nostalgically, but it's hard for me to get into anything that's punk rock that I haven't heard before. Um, yeah, but that yeah, totally like, grabbed me. Yeah, I was feeling nostalgic. I listened to to Shellac the other day. I guess they might be considered hardcore, but I, I really like Shellac. Yeah, yeah, they they definitely were kind of on that line. And now I'm definitely getting out of my territory. I, I'm I've never been good at being able to distinguish between genres. Like I still can't tell you what the difference between like <coughs> like acid and house and techno and <laughs> yeah it, it, there's kind of a blur yeah you know, it's kind of a, a blur there speaking of which like dub is is what brought me to to the techno world because i got into to the remix into the dub sounds and then i was like well shit techno is like pretty similar it's like <clears throat> when you start listening to dub with a lot of the four on the floor stuff is very similar mm-hmm. to the structure of house you know so that kind of like brought me to that direction. And then I spent a lot of time in the nineties, like defecting from being a hip hopper and going to like warehouse parties after the <laughs> hip hop show was over and like soaking up all the like IDM shit and like all the techno shit and jungle and all that stuff. Hey guys, quick interruption. Remember that patch that I did at the beginning of the show telling you about the oscilloscape and bleeding hearts and cutting room floor from recovery effects and the looping ADSR and the voltage controlled filter from AI synthesis. Well, here it is at over double the speed and I switched out some parameters. I just wanted to remind you how cool these modules are. forget to go check out recoveryeffects.com and aisynthesis.com. All right, let's get back to our conversation with Shiro. Well, I'm putting the puzzle pieces together right now, you know, being an LA kid, preferring East Coast hip hop, and then getting into, uh, you know, kind of getting out of hip hop. And, and, and then you mentioned that you, you've been doing modular for eight years and modular hasn't been super popular for that long. So it seems like you've, <laughs> you kind of have, the, you're attracted maybe to, you know, what, what's what's going on over there in that that quiet little corner where where there's just a few people that's, you know that's where the that's where the fun is yeah. like <laughs> when, when stuff's like too established and standardized like that's when I start yawning and and I get bored yeah so oh, that's that makes me wonder are you are you worried about how quickly modular is becoming uh, as popular as it is I kind of I kind of I, I was a little concerned because. It's it's like it's something I hold so near and dear. It's like you don't want it to get all like, you know, mainstream and 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 exploited, you know. So you kind of have that feeling. But but at the same time, it seems like the quality of people that are drawn to modular are they're all pretty cool. So 
it, it's it's the, that new wave of people that have, you know there's like a whole new wave of people like every you know three months that are just getting into it <clears throat> and I, and I'm almost I almost get excited for them it's it's it doesn't feel like like anybody's stepping on anybody's toes there's like plenty of room for for everyone and it's such an open-ended instrument and you know if you if you just kind of stay true to yourself like you can find your voice on the modular and still be an individual amongst a room of you know 50 other modular artists everybody's going to sound different absolutely i i think that's i that's the one thing because i have had kind of even though i'm a, i'm a pretty pretty newcomer pretty well you know new to the whole thing and i see it's gotten even more popular since i've gotten into it and so i'm you know I'm like, oh man, I really, I hope this doesn't get soured in some way, but then I, I kind of think about it how you just mentioned it, and then just knowing that it's so idiosyncratic, your setup, and, and what you choose, and what kind of, you know, like, sonic scapes you chase down, like, yeah. I don't know, it's, 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 I don't know, it's, it's very, um, it's very kind of like, uh, not to get, I don't want to sound too pseudo-philosophical or anything, but it kind of reminds me of like that book, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. It's like, it's, <laughs> it's like the fun is in the, the maintenance, you know, like the, 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 yeah. the beauty and truth is, is in the process or something. No, true. It's true. Um, and I think, yeah, just hopefully, like you said, it just draws a, a quality of, there's, it's, not every, it's not for everybody. <clears throat> You know? it, it definitely I, I definitely don't see it like reaching fad status because it, it's it's not only a monetary investment it's it's more of an investment in time than it is an investment in, in money and a lot of people you know they want they want that instant you know laptop experience and it is definitely not that <laughs> so for sure yeah a lot of people kind of turn tail and run they, they I've seen a lot of people <laughs> on muffler you know buy you know full 6U systems and they have them for 2 weeks and they're parting them out on yeah. the buy sell trade form you know so <laughs> that happens yeah well it's, it it it's, it could be easy i could see somebody who who had a lot of money who was just like kind of interested and jump in and like yeah like you say if you if you start with a 6 6U 104 HP and you fill it up. Yeah, you you might have just jumped in the deep end and yeah. And yeah, I could see that souring you on it. I think I think it's it's as much popularity as it gains. I don't I still don't think we're going to see it getting much further than you know, maybe some mainstream artists having <coughs> having a little modular setup off to the side with, you know, and then yeah. they've also rocking like MPCs or APCs or their electrons. Exactly. Or, you know, it's just exactly. going to be, I think as we go on and, and, and shit gets just better and better interfacing with each other, we're just going to see a lot more, oh shit, that's a Juno. And then that's, uh, you know, an <laughs> electron. And then, oh wow, he's got, you know. So I, I, I think, I don't know, I'm kind of rambling now, but. I did want to ask you um, you have a video where you were playing some like Tibetan singing bowls and you were you were kind of doing uh, some sort of like uh, a meditation track were you doing that for a group of people meditating yeah that that's something I I was doing for excuse me for a while I was I was doing sound healing with the modular and and singing bowls and you know, different yoga studios, sometimes at people's homes. Um, I opened up my home as, as a meditation space. And, um, yeah, that was something I, I did for quite a few years. And I kind of stopped doing it for a little while. And um, 
I'm, I'm going to do it a little bit. I have a couple of, of sound healing gigs coming up. Um, I think one next month and maybe another one the following month. But I don't do it as often as I used to. I've been like really into um, just recording albums and getting more back into performance and, you know, just like kind of nerd now doing graphics and, you know, visuals and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine with all the all the different projects that you're juggling, even though there's overlap in a lot of them, um, it's got to be a lot of work and very time consuming. Yeah, but this is you know like since I I, I was living in Arizona for five years, it's actually where I, I kind of discovered the whole modular stuff. But when I moved back, <clears throat> I decided not to do the nine to five thing anymore. So you know, I just work for myself and, and just the way that I am, I, I need to have at least like two solid things that I do that are a little bit different from each other just to keep it interesting. Mm -hmm. And and also, um, you know, when one, <laughs> one business is like kind of slow, the other one will sometimes, you know, pick up the slack. So it keeps me indoors basically. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Yeah. I am. That's, you are, you you just described exactly what I want to do. I'm doing the nine to five thing. Um, I'm a, I'm a low volt electrician, which is, you know, it's just, it's a construction job. Yeah. It's, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to keep motivated at work when all I want to do is come home and, and record or produce a podcast or, or make, you know, make yeah. some modular music. It's like, yeah. And I, I just, there's so much more stuff I want to do, but it, yeah, it's taking up a lot of my time and I get it. I got to, absolutely. if you have any secrets, get them off mic. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll, I'll definitely share some because my my former my former job before I, I moved back to LA, I was working at an at a healing retreat slash addiction recovery center. Okay, as a as a chef and a counselor, and <laughs> you know it was it was it couldn't have been you know farther from what I'm doing now. But I did start doing modular there, and and that's actually where I, I started doing sound healing. I was doing sound healing with just the singing bowls. But then I got the modular, so I was like, you know, I talked to my, my employer and asked him, could I incorporate that into the sound healing? He was like, sure. Okay. So I, I, I weaseled my way into, like, making modular part of my, my nine-to-five <laughs> job. <laughs> I'm, I'm that guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, I have, I've heard of sound healing, and, um, you know, I've known some people who have, who have kicked around the idea. I, um, I dated a girl who wanted to maybe get into um, a music I don't, I don't remember what it was It was called. I think it was just called like musical therapy, and she wanted to do it with yeah. harp or something. Um, but for those who don't know what, what it is, could you give us like a brief, brief outline of like kind of how you did it and the kind of the underlying philosophy of it? Yeah, I, I guess the, the, the simplest way to, to explain it is, you know, our bodies are, are made up of, I believe, what, 70% water, maybe more. Mm -hmm. and, and frequencies and vibration, you know, and, and water are kind of a match made in heaven. So uh -huh. <clears throat> basically what you're doing, um, like for instance, different parts of the body resonate different frequencies. So your liver might emit a certain frequency. Your heart might, you know, will emit a, a certain frequency. And what you're doing is, is you're, you're kind of bringing people's organs. And if you believe in aura, auras or, or chakras, you're kind of bringing those things in alignment with frequency or with vibration. You okay. know, so the, the modular is, is a machine that generates frequencies and vibrations. So it's just using that that same tool in a different context. You know, some people use tuning forks and singing bowls or harps or, or whatever. It just depends on, on the intention of the person playing the instrument. If you're going to put it in the perspective of being an instrument to make noise, make music, or to make 
auditory medicine. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it, it can be, it's, it's all in the approach. Okay. So, so just, a, I guess just, uh, could you give us a, a general out, like a layout of, of how a session would go? So you, you're there with your, with your module, modular setup. What, what does that look like when you're, when you're running a session? Well, usually I'll have my modular and I'll have usually six to seven singing bowls tuned at different frequencies. Um, I always start out with my singing bowl that's C sharp. <clears throat> C sharp is the, the resonant frequency of, of the planet. It's kind of like the planet's sonic signature, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it's a grounding. It's, it's, a, it's a frequency that grounds us. So, like, say, for instance, you're in traffic and you need to just feel grounded and get back in your body so you can even relax and do a session. <clears throat> you know, I would always start with, with C-sharp and kind of get people tuned into that. And then from there, you know, I might blend in some, some stuff from the modular. I'm, it might be a frequency or, you know, I could use a sampling module that might be, you know, a sample of, of a stream or, <clears throat> excuse me, a waterfall or something like that and blend that in as well. Okay. And then is it, is it multiple people kind of like out on, on mats or is it kind of, is it a one-on-one -on -one yeah. thing? Okay. Yeah, no, it, it's mostly, it's mostly group sessions. Usually, um, I would say our smallest groups would be like five biggest groups would be 50. Oh, wow. Okay. And, um, sometimes I do it with, with my friend Arvin G. Um, she's a singer, so she'll do like vocal toning and she has a lot of different instruments that she plays as well. Okay. And do you, do you pair it with anything like uh, guided or mindfulness med meditation or anything like that? Yeah, that absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So very cool. That's, that's, that sounds like something I would like, like to do. I'm, I'm, I'm not very outspoken with it, but I am, uh, yeah, I, I love, I love the idea of meditation. I can't say that I love meditation cause I don't have a regular practice. I, I go in and yeah. out, you know, sometimes I'll have a few, few straight months of doing it every day and I tell you, man, just just watching your breath for for ten minutes first thing in the morning <laughs> is makes a huge difference in just your really overall does. just everything. And it's so funny that I ever stop doing it because anytime I am doing it, I just I just I don't know feel just feel better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, like Los Angeles traffic, like being stuck on the. The 405 or, or what we call it, the slow 05, <laughs> it just kind of gets you kind of riled up and you're kind of like manic when you get home. So like meditation is like traffic alone, like meditation is essential for me when I get home. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even imagine like our traffic up here in Seattle is getting pretty rough, but I, I can't even imagine going down there. Like I listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot of com like comedy podcasts, and they're all mostly all based down there in L.A. And yeah, I hear a lot of hear a lot of talk of the traffic. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it seems very restrictive, but um, can you walk around down there? Like, do you find like your your nests of of your neighborhoods that you can kind of avoid it, or it seems like it yeah, seems it, like you have to drive. You know, there. like if you're downtown, <clears throat> you know, you really don't you, you don't need a car, you know, unless you need to commute around other parts of the city. But you know, like you can walk around and, and grocery shop or find a place to eat and visit friends and stuff. It's it's. It's very similar to, to like living in Manhattan. It's like a small Manhattan. Okay. <clears throat> but if you live, you know, if you, for instance, live in a beach community, like if you live on the west side, you know, going downtown, it's only a 15-minute freeway, you know, ride away. But technically, it might more than likely is going to take you an hour to a half, oh, to an hour geez. and a half. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, just like, you know, going 15 minutes away is, is like kind of a, you kind of have to plan and make preparation for it you can't really do things on a whim out here <laughs> yeah <laughs> it makes it difficult so a lot of people like depending on where they live like 
Westsiders usually never see people that live on the east side just because of, of, of traveling. You know, people like to walk around or maybe only drive 10 or 15 minutes. So, yeah, there, there becomes these like little like tribes in Los Angeles. There, you know, Westsiders and Eastsiders and people in, you know, mid city. And then you got people up in the hills. And Man. I was I was the nomad. Like I have <laughs> friends in like all communities. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to drive. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, growing up in a, in a small town, the, the nearest, like, city where I could even buy a CD was a half hour away. Um, and then Seattle, anywhere I wanted to go to a show was an, an hour and a half away. So driving yeah. just was a part of life if you wanted to do anything. Um, yeah. And I think that kind of serves me well living here now because even though it's way smaller than L.A., way less densely populated... Seattle's the same way. It's, it's, I think it's broken up because, because of the geography, the physical geography of the different bodies of water and hills and everything. Yeah. People are very stuck in their neighborhoods. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, try to, I try to get out and go as much as I possibly can. And hopefully, audience, you have not shut this off by us talking about traffic. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Let's get... The L.A. dude talking about the free. That's cool. <laughs> um, well, we're getting pretty close to... Uh, this is... Flown, just flown by. Um, we're getting pretty close to uh, getting some some patching going, but before Uh-oh, we do okay. that, I'm kind of curious. Just um, you know, just generally, what what type of modules? Not just br- not just brands, but you know, throwing brands and actual and and actual models. But like, are you more into processing? Are you more in like what 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 is kind of like the bread and butter or the the, the driving force of of your setup? I think <clears throat> the bread and butter, like the things that I rely on the most are I'm, I'm really into like sound shaping and, and like frequency modulation and stuff. So um, I have a small system, but but I have a lot of oscillators. I have, you know, two two proper os- oscillators, but then I do a lot of like stuff with LFOs where sometimes I'll be using them at audio rate and other times I'll be using them, you know, as, as at control rate. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm pretty heavy on os- oscillators. I'm pretty heavy on filters as well, which you know also can double as oscillators. And um, <clears throat> outside of that, I'm I'm into processing. I, I have a Tip Top Audio ZDSP, and I, I like being able to have eight different you know effects on a card is is pretty sweet. Yeah. So um, that that's like one of the essential essentials for my you know for my small cases is. is you know enough oscillators, enough filtering, and and just a, a little bit of effects to to create some space and stuff like that. Okay, that's funny. But I'm I'm mostly at bread and butter modules, like mostly just oscillators and <laughs> LFOs and filters. Like I don't I don't have too many esoteric mod- modules. I don't have any like um, I have really basic sequencers, and you know I use randomness and just like basic eight step sequencers and LFOs for sequencing. Yeah, you know I have a sequencer, but I find myself. Um using just like my stepped voltage out from my woggle bug into my ornament and crime. And that's, that's yeah. kind of what drives most of my actually like my melodic melodic stuff. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't, I'm very much attracted to the randomness of it. I, I find if I try to program a, a sequence that is a, a, like a particular melody I'm, I'm hunting down, I get, <laughs> I get very bored very quickly. I'm like, Oh wow. Yeah. But this isn't what I'm after, I guess. Um, I sometimes do it just as, as an exercise, but but um, it's usually just an exercise. It's not very stimulating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just do it to see if I can do it. Like, okay, so I can tame this wild beast and make it, you know, play Maryhead a little. Now. Okay, <laughs> done. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, it's funny because I asked, I asked our Benny uh, that question last night when I was talking to him, and uh, he kind of is, is in, on the opposite side. He has very few oscillators, but runs them. Um, he does a lot of, of signal processing, so cool. he'll run stuff into a, a looper that will then run it into itself. Or I can't really, yeah. I can't really explain it. So, listener, listen to his. That's something <laughs> I've been discovering lately. Like my my system's been frozen for like seven years. Like I just started buying new modules. Like probably last, yeah, probably last year I just started buying new modules, and I this is when I just started exploring like sampling modules was literally this year oh okay um have you tried yeah. the forum s i have not but I, i've been i've been drooling over that one <laughs> that yeah. one's looking really good my buddy my buddy greg is that's like that's his his the big one not that new one that came out um what what is it the stereo looping sampler i think it is but the one that came out before that yeah, it's it's like the the big guy. It's like the same size as the dual looping delay. I forgot. It's it's okay. stereo stereo triggered sampler. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one's sweet. Yeah, it's it just looks so so insane. Like, I just got a shape shifter from Intelligel and uh, an ornament in Crime. And yeah, I, I want to build one of those. Dude, it's it's a great module. I want four more. And I got, <laughs> and I got a clouds and a and a dual looping delay all within like a few weeks of each other. And I'm like, oh shit! I shouldn't have got all of these because all of these I need to spend probably like three hours with just to kind of yeah. If crack you, if you have a, a girlfriend bit. or or wife, like like she's she's sweating right now. She's <laughs> she's raising an eyebrow like dude. Wait a yeah, she, she she's over actually on the couch right now, um, being a saint. Let me record this in the living room because it's so hot. Um, no, that's uh, I always joke and say that's the reason I, I started the show is because she just could not listen to me talk about modular anymore. So. <laughs> I got to talk to somebody about <laughs> <Yeah>. this. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, right on. Well, um, damn. Like I said, this has gone by really quickly. Uh, so such a good conversation. Um, I'm gonna draw an adjective and a noun out of these envelopes here, and then uh, give you uh, give you some time to to build a patch inspired okay, by it. Okay, cool. So, your adjective is, <coughs> oh, shit, you lucked out. This one's cool. Berserk. That, oh, that's a sweet adjective to get. All right, and your noun is, hopefully it, hopefully it's not something like, uh, you know, bunny or something. That would actually be kind of funny. Let's see. Berserk blanket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Usually, wow. You know, usually I offer a redraw if it's too ridiculous, but this no, is, this no, is too ridiculous. I got to see no, what you do. I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> what is a berserk blanket? I don't sound? know, man. You're, you're going to show us, though. Are you interested in getting started with modular synthesis, but you're worried about the cost? Join the hundreds of others who have never held a soldering iron in building your own superb modular synthesizer. All AI synthesis modules are wiring-free, skiff-friendly, have free schematics and full how to build videos. They are simply put the easiest to build modules in the world. Not only does AI Synthesis fully support their own modules, they also have general guides for tools to buy, how to build a $26 oscilloscope, and much more. Find out more at AISynthesis.com. Yeah, so Berserk Blanket. <laughs> how does one make a patch based off of those two? Yeah, words? that. <laughs> That was definitely it was it was stimulating and challenging at the same time. I'm like, okay, self, what does a berserk blanket sound like? What does a berserk blanket look like? What is the purpose of a berserk blanket? Like, <laughs> I, I I had no idea. So berserk, I kind of just thought chaos. So I kind of just um, 
got a little kooky with um, some, like two oscillators kind of clashing against each other and um, kind of bringing some percussive elements and a little bit of delay to create some chaos. And then I had kind of an underlying drone for a little bit and some like atmospheric vibes to give you that cozy <laughs> blanket feel, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> that's, that's, as, that's as close as I could get. I was like, okay, droney and chaotic stuff kind of sounds like a berserk blanket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Th- you couldn't have got more, you know, like polarized words. So it's, uh, it's, I like, I like to hear like how your, your mind wrapped around that. And, and yeah, I, I swear I think I manifested that because like the more I think of it, I'm, I'm kind of a berserk blanket blanket because like I, I have a very like cool and like meditative chill side but then like sometimes I'm like really manic so <laughs> that, that might it, be dude. I might I might record like like a recording album called <laughs> blanket in honor of this conversation <laughs> well I would be honored for sure
you again shiro that was so much fun um we actually talked a little bit after uh, a few days after we recorded this conversation and we're going to do another episode where uh, he gives me a modular lesson via skype so be on the lookout for that should be a lot of fun um if you guys want to help us out patreon.com forward slash modular modcast much appreciate it and also once again thank you to our sponsors recovery effects and ai synthesis please go check them out Awesome modules, awesome small companies. Let's make them big. Until next week.